were first discovered in India. And there the greatest diamond curse might have been born. In the 17th century, a diamond merchant named Jean Tavernier heard tales of a legendary diamond of deep blue. The stories told of an ancient statue guarded by priests of the god Ramasita. It was said that whoever desecrated the sacred blue diamond would set an ancient curse in motion. Years later, Tavernier would be torn apart by wild dogs. Welcome to the Conspiracy Therapy Podcast with Ryan, Larry, Joshua, and the Illuma Mommy herself, Miss April. And on today's episode, ladies and gentlemen, the Hope Diamond Curse. Do you think it was acid that made Somebody John Lennon write this song? No, everyone knows it's LSD. Oh, well, I said acid. Was I wrong? Is, is LSD? Well, technically, acid is a different uh, variation of LSD <laughs> that, uh, quite frankly, is a little. Well, I got a platinum in street drugs. <laughs> <laughs> well, I got a platinum in hallucinogenics. Oh, good, 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 good stuff, guys. It's good to be back. We haven't been around each other in a long time. I know. I've missed the smells. I miss the pod family, which is what we dubbed ourselves. Mm -hmm. Um, Truth Corner. Uh Do do you guys, does anybody believe in curses? I don't. No? No. I believe in the idea of a curse. Uh, mostly because of the greed that could go to a specific item, such as the Hope Diamond or diamonds in general, uh, can cause a lot of bloodshed and whatnot. So, not the fact that it's there's some hocus pocus magic on an item itself. Yeah, I don't know if I believe in a curse, like a, like a cursed item, as much. I don't know, but see, I I told Josh before we got engaged that if he proposed to me to not do it with a ring that he bought like on Facebook marketplace. Cause like, I don't want a bad juju like divorce. No, diamond. for sure. For sure. Um, obviously the word curse is kind of loaded. I mean, we have curse words, which we say very frequently on the show. So I don't think we're that too scared true. of curses. No. Um, and I, and I mean that, I guess in a way that it's not, it's not like a witch's curse. Cause which is is kind of singular in that it, that's just them trying to say like fuck fuck you I'm a witch or whatever they, whatever <laughs> witches do when they do curses but like with like curse cursed objects yeah, fuck you <laughs> is that your grandma turned into a witch there kind of a combination oh, okay yeah okay 
Larry's you got picked like, up on the subtleties. I do, I do. I, when you're when your different impressions come out, I, I I take them in. I drink them. I I'm like a wine connoisseur of you. And then he spits it out. That's the proper thing to do during uh, wine tasting. I'm a you spitter. swish and spit. Swish, not me. I swallow. Well, yeah. Hey, good boy. Okay. Well, now that we've gotten that out of the way, Alrighty. let's talk about. Tried and true scale, ladies and gentlemen. How scared would you be to have a cursed object such as the Hope and Diamond uh, in your possession? Josh, you want to go first? Sure. By the way, quick side note: this is a Josh episode. It was his idea. Thanks. Was, was it? A sad, I don't know if it was yours or mine. No, it was yours. Oh, hey. Uh, I would say the idea of owning a cursed object. Assuming that, of course, that it's real, well, shoot, I'd give it probably an eight or a nine because, yeah, if there's uh, something connected to it that causes bad things to happen, well, why would you want to own it? I mean, if that if it means you're going to die or your family members are going to die or, yeah, that's just not cool. So yeah, yeah, uh, eight. Damn. Yeah, I'd give it maybe a six or a seven um hypothetically speaking if curses if it was like for sure 100 percent cursed yeah that'd be pretty scary i wouldn't want it in my house like we have enough bad shit happen to us already i'm not about to like stack the deck against us with a cursed object right i have a cursed object <gasps> you do what i choked on my fear <laughs> or phlegm yeah okay. um Probably phlegm. Your fleer. Well, you guys know I bought that spirit box that was supposedly oh, haunted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Nothing's happened. Wait. Nothing? Are you sure? No bad things have happened in the last month. Well, you've had longer than a month. I've or, had it for quite a while now. Yeah, three months maybe. Mm, I can't think of anything bad that's happened. That's out of the ordinary. I mean, catching a cold is a thing that happens to people. Sounds like a curse. <laughs> <laughs> I would check. I, I don't know. I'm worried about you. It's, not like, it's not like I broke my butthole or something. <laughs> uh, maybe you're bad juju. Oh, shit. I'm going through a divorce. Josh's butt's broken. Good Lord. Okay. Anyway. Um, the two yeah. are unrelated, by the way. <laughs> Just to clarify. Unless you think the reason for the divorce... It's the same reason Josh has a broken butthole. We're more than just cousins, okay? It's legal <laughs> in Alabama. Nothing's worse than being deflowered. Oh, poor Josh. Okay, so yeah. anyway, um, no one should have a finger in their butt. Hey, I, you know what? I have no sympathy. I've been there before. And sorry, no. So Josh's biggest fear is me putting a finger in his butt. <laughs> So, ladies and gentlemen, my take on that would probably be about a... I'm going to go with a 10. Because if I know it's cursed, that's creepy. Okay. And I want it gone. But in the case of the Hope Diamond, it didn't matter if it was gone. Once it became part of your possession, it kind of claims you. Mm. Um, Now, other than wedding rings, do you guys know anything about diamonds? Well... They're horrifically overpriced. Yes. Um, they can be. Children die for them. They're just a blood diamond scam. Yep. Um, according to Christmas uh, 
advertisement. If I don't get one, my wife will hate me. <laughs> They're my best friend. <laughs> yeah, they are. Yeah. Oh, you're a woman. I see. Uh, yeah. That's right. That's right. Uh, okay, so I can confirm this. <laughs> now, according to the Smithsonian, I'm going to give you guys some rough facts about the Hope Diamond. Now, here's a picture of the diamond right here on the, at the top of the page here. You guys can, can kind of see it. Yeesh, that's pretty impressive. We'll, wow. we'll post that on the... Uh, on the Instagram and the Facebook. Yeah. It is pretty. It is it is pr- actually it is very pretty to look at. Um so anyway, its weight is 45.52 carats. The dimensions has a length of 25.60 millimeters and a width of 21.78 millimeters. Okay, use an American um, it's about this long and it's about that wide. It's about, Thank you. It's about a half a French fry long. <laughs> yep. It's four Tootsie Rolls. And about a double cheeseburger thick. And at least one tater tot and a half deep. <laughs> Weighs the same as a Big Mac. Now, the cut of the diamond is a cushion antique brilliant with a faceted girdle and extra facets on the pavilion so it's all made it's, up words yeah <laughs> some some guy who gets paid too much money at the smithsonian came up with that so anyway it's color now this is for people who don't want to follow us on facebook and instagram which you are obviously like you're missing a lot loop. you're missing so um it the the diamonds it is gorgeous it's got a very dark grayish blue kind of color um also, in the pendant surrounding the Hope Diamond, there are 16 white diamonds, both pear-shaped and cushion cuts. Um, there's a bale. It's soldered to the pendant where... Um, or soldered. So, uh, or Yes. Solder. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> I forgot about that. Uh, so sick international shit. <laughs> yep. Um, there, there is a bale which is soldered to the pendant where Miss McLean would often attach other diamonds, including the McLean diamond and the star of the East. The necklace chain can turn into one of those, uh, what are those, what are those bracelets? Oh, Pandora charm bracelet. bracelet. Yeah. Charm bracelet. <laughs> Jeez. Hooking up things to it. The, uh, you know ne- what this diamond needs more diamonds. Yeah. The necklace has, uh, 45 white diamonds, wow. by the way, only, uh, <laughs> yes, only. <laughs> and each one of those diamonds is probably more than the one I got for woman long, long long ago all right i'm sorry don't want to bring it down all right we're going to bring it up so here we go now according to live science they kind of break down this whole curse a bit um there's a great article livescience.com check it out basically it, it kind of talks about the mystery of this curse okay um so with 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 this diamond um there was a book that carl shakur wrote that relates, brother. <laughs> relates the origin of this jeopardous gem. It sparkled in the brow of an Indian temple idol until it was impious. I-M-P-I-O-U-S-L-Y. Impious? Impiously? Stop with the big words, people. It was plucked out by thieving a thieving Hindu priest. Which sounds very magical. Like I feel, like, I feel like I'm in the Scorpion King. Like <laughs> I'd right play now. that game. Sounds right. like a Indiana Jones movie. Like Bowser grabbed it, yeah. and the princess is like, "What the <laughs> fuck?" Well, obviously, it's gonna be the next Assassin's Creed. It's, it's probably it. yeah. yeah. <laughs> so anyway, um, Assassin's Creed 17. So the person this again. <laughs> Pre-order now. Yeah, pre-order now comes with 
Worthless clothes. <laughs> Worthless clothes. <laughs> but don't worry, you can buy some more loot boxes. Yep. Oh lord. So anyway, um the uh the person that stole this was ac- he actually um was subject to a slow and agonizing death. Ooh. So in the um, form of what? It doesn't say, a but tickling. Broken bowel. <laughs> that is agonizing. <laughs> It was apparently unearthed in the Golconda mines by the Kisna River in southwest India and made its European debut in 1642 when it was bought Ooh. by a French merchant who sold it to King Louis the 14th for a handsome profit but was mauled <laughs> this guy was mauled to death by wild dogs. That was wow. <laughs> that's what a way to go. So, is, uh... You're just the transport pig- figure. You're not even the one that's like like takes your shirt off and wears the necklace and then you're like I'd fuck me. Shit, I jumped, jumped the gun there. But but anyway, I'm just saying you f- you might feel a little sexy in this in this uh, adorned with this diamond. So draw me like one of your French girls. The diamond remained with the French royal family until it was stolen in 1792 during the French Revolution. Oh, <laughs> Bagwell, look into my brownness. <laughs> it is broken because of the man. Uh so. Let's see. So Louis the Fourteenth and Marie Antoinette, who were beheaded, are often cited as victims of the curse. The diamond was missing for a few decades and was recut into a smaller gem. Really, there are unconfirmed reports that it belonged to Britain's King George the Fourth, whose estate sold it off to pay off his enormous debts. In mm. 1839, the diamond was acquired by Henry Thomas Hope. But I tell you what, guys. Before I get to breaking down, um, did you have to say breaking? All these people. Let me let me go through. There's a great list on mindfloss.com that kind of gives you. They I kind of gave you a gist of its genesis, but I really want to focus on. There's these ten different people now. With with curses, right? Like a lot of times, it has it has its origin with like some some witch some witchcraft or some sort of magic pact that somebody makes with it or says they don't want this to go anywhere. It should be. It's like the mummies that were buried with all their jewels or their like significant things or like when um like a great pharaoh would die like all his servants would have to be buried too. That sucks. Which sucks, yes. <laughs> so, let me let me go through a couple of the, the these are 10 victims of the Hope Diamond curse. Now, um on September 11th, 1792. Oh, okay. <laughs> the first 9/11. Everybody's asshole sh- shot for a second. Thing. Well, <laughs> most of ours. <laughs> it's not gonna be funny to anybody but us but that's great (laughs) the hope diamond was stolen from the house that stored the crown jewels it's a pretty fascinating little bauble particularly if you're the sort of person who's impressed by 45.2 carats the story goes that the curse began with the tavernier blue which was the precursor to several large diamonds including the hope diamond Take this with a grain of salt because it's never been proved, but Jean-Baptiste Tavernier stole the 115.16 carat blue diamond from a Hindu statue. So its origins is a little bigger than the 45. <laughs> well, and that's the thing that's crazy to me. The fact that it was over double and it, because of all the cuts that have been made to it, now it's less than half. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So anyway, or sorry, more than half. Mm-hmm. Now, upon discovering it was missing, priests put a curse on whoever was in possession possession of the gem. So it's all um, religious folks. Mm. 
Don't make them mad. No. Don't. For Christ's sakes. Exactly. So here are here we go. So John Baptiste Tavernier. The story goes that the French gem merchant John Baptiste Tavernier Tavernier came down with a raging fever soon after stealing the diamond, and after he died, his boss his body was ravaged by wolves, which I brought up. Mm-hmm. Um, however, other reports show that he lived until the ripe old age of eighty four. So, Whoa. which back then is. Like seven hundred. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. Eighty four is the exchange rate is there. Yeah, not good. Um, King Louis the Fourteenth. So let's we'll talk a little bit about him now. Mm-hmm. King Louis. That is such a weird name for a king to me. Mm-hmm. It just sounds like he should be like in charge of like a McDonald's right. hot dog. Yeah, it was something restaurant. like that. Like a like a Dairy Queen manager or something. <laughs> King Louie, it's sauerkraut Saturday. Come down to King Louie's ice cream hut. We got swirl. We got chocolate. We got banana. We got strawberry. That's right. Ice cream sandwiches covered in ketchup. Mm. <laughs> Wait, isn't King Louie also the name of the drug lord in Predator 2? Ooh, maybe. Yeah, that sounds familiar. That I'm, sounds right. Listeners, um, Tweet at Conspiracy T Show and tell Josh he's right. <laughs> oh my God. This is what King Louie listens to when he walks out and he does the helicopter in the throne room. <laughs> I like it. Okay, so now King Louis the Fourteenth bought the stone from Tavernier and had it recut. In 1673, it was then known as the Blue Diamond of the Crown, or the French Blue. King Louis died of gangrene, and all of his legitimate children died in childhood, except for one, though that wasn't necessarily atypical to those times. That's true. Just think, if you had a C-section, your kid would have been dead back then. And probably you. Yeah. I was was prenatal, so they didn't have anything that would have kept me alive. They... Probably just throw me in the swamp. <laughs> Chuck you in the river. Bye. This, this one's too small. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, by the way, I was completely wrong. It's King Willie. Even better. <sighs> That's okay. Nicholas Fouquet, who worked for King Louis XIV, is said to have worn the diamond for a special occasion. Shortly thereafter, though, he fell out of favor with the king and was banished from France. The king then changed the sentence to life imprisonment, so Fouquet spent 15 years in the fortress of Pignero. Pig. Goddamn French. Like you say, he changed the locks. Pignernanol? Pignernanol. He's like, Fouquet, you. Fouquet, you. You go to Pignernanol. Some people believe that he was the real man in the Iron Mask, but other accounts dispute this. So. This is this is uh, the fourth and fifth victims here. Louis the Sixteenth and Marie Antoinette. Mm. So Louis the Sixteenth inherited the French blue or the oh, diamond. Mm-hmm. Marie Antoinette was the one that wore it around her neck, and I think we all know what happened there. That's the story, anyways. We have no photographic evidence, so they both got their heads cut off. Oh, I thought you were gonna say she ate the cake. This isn't a history podcast. Well, actually, it kind of is. Isn't it? Yeah, it is. <laughs> Fuck. Okay, anyway. Marie Louise, or Princess de Lamballe. Marie Louise, Princess de Lamballe, 
was a member of Marie Antoinette's court and her closest confidant. She was killed by a mob in a most horrific fashion. Apparently, she was hit with a hammer. Ooh! Ouch! Ah, that yeah, is no way no. to go. Decapitated, stripped, and disemboweled. Hey! Wow! That sounds like a Cannibal Corpse song title. Decapitated! <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Ouch. <laughs> I my, felt that on my brain. Right? My, my brain is rattling. <laughs> Her head was impaled on a pike and carried to Marie Antoinette's prison window. So, after all that terrible stuff... <laughs> Her head was impaled on a pike and carried to there. Uh-huh. Sounds like Game of Thrones. Actually, sounds worse than Game of Thrones yeah. in a weird way. That's history, folks. Okay, so Wilhelm Falls. Now, Wilhelm Falls was a Dutch jeweler who recut the diamond again, and his son ended up murdering him and then himself. That's well, all right then. Yeah. He murdered himself. At the same time? I don't know. I don't think you can do that unless you put your heads together and go. We are doing this. <laughs> Don't back out <laughs> now, bitch. <laughs> I'm just saying. I don't even know if he was French. Now he was a Dutch jeweler, so I don't know. They definitely just not French. Everyone has a French accent. In this Everybody episode. does. Yeah, yeah. We're gonna or, go strictly French. French fries or Indian. Oh fuck! Don't, no, I don't make his, Josh do an his accent. Indian was what Jamaican. It was everything. <laughs> it was. It was. It was a call center guy. Josh is a gray impersonation of a call <laughs> yes, center yes, guy. Dead, dead call center guy. What? You don't know? I am from Great Britain. <laughs> I burnt my hot bucket. Anyway, so Simon Marikondres, a Greek merchant, owned the diamond. What was his curse? He drove his car over a cliff and killed himself, his wife, and his child. So this Ooh. merchant actually... I found out uh, one of them bought it for uh, like about 150 million and was going to try to resell it because actually that was, I think, under what the cost would have been. Chump change. Yeah. I just, you know, I'm always swinging 150 mil in my pockets. Mm -hmm. So, okay. Number nine, Evelyn Walsh McLean. Now, this is a um, interesting story. So she was a kind of like a. This like spoiled heiress kind, like oh I don't know, we got a bunch of them. Kim Kardashian, uh, what was her Paris name? Paris Hilton. I, I was gonna call her for some reason in my head. Her name was Party Hilton. <laughs> Probably is the close circles. enough. <laughs> Name's Party. This is my Chihuahua. What was, Chuck. What was her catchphrase? That's that's, that's hot. That's so hot. That is. So... She. I think she trademarked that mm. or copyrighted it. Yeah. Yeah, she's making millions on that. No. <laughs> right. that's, uh, every time I see my kids, that's all I say. That's hot. Because it, it's macaroni I'm making. Mac- yeah. <laughs> Be careful. That's so hot. That's hot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, microwaves. What would a dad do without you? <laughs> so um, this spoiled heiress lived a charm life until she bought the Hope Diamond. Now, she wore the diamond like Marie Antoinette around her neck. And there are even stories that she would affix the jewel to her dog's collar and let him wander around oh, the apartment no, no. eating all the cat poop because that's what dogs do. They right, eat cat course. poop. Yep. Um, but wearing the Hope Diamond came at a steep price. First, her mother-in-law died. Her son died at an age of nine. Her wow. husband left her for another woman and later died in a mental hospital. Wow. Her daughter died of a drug overdose at 25. 25 is a rough year. You just got to do all the coke you can. What year was this again? Sorry. 
um well there's a picture of her and it looks, she kind of looks like a 1920s-ish era yeah. there's no there's no time stamp on her but i get the feeling she I, she looks like a flapper yeah that's what i got yeah very flappable yeah <laughs> i'd flap to that nice oh, lord that picture's from the flappening <laughs> that's what they had in the 20s yeah right yeah that girl's showing a lot of ankle. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing I like than a supple wrist. <laughs> Go or on. The, or the long, long stretch of a woman's nose. <laughs> ah, I miss doing this. Okay, so the Washington Post. Uh, she ev- Okay, so she had she was in charge and owned the Washington Post. She eventually had to sell her newspaper though, and died owning huge debts. Evelyn's surviving kids sold the diamond to Harry Winston, and nine years later, Winston mailed the gem to the Smithsonian for $2.44 in postage and $155 in insurance. Now, and it was three days late. <laughs> <laughs> it belongs in a museum! Okay, so this is the last uh, casualty here before we take a break. James Todd. Now, oh, not James Todd. What if you guys had to assume would be the profession of this last casualty? Postal carrier. James Todd. Did you look at my screen? No, I just James Todd, the mailman who (laughs) delivered the diamond to the Smithsonian, apparently had his leg crushed in a truck accident shortly thereafter. He also (laughs) suffered a head injury in a separate accident. Oh, also his house burned down. We're gonna take a break. We'll see you in a bit. In a town known for making big headlines, the crown jewel of the Smithsonian stole the show for a day. This is a celebration of our anniversary. We wanted to give people a chance to see the Hope Diamond in a way they've never seen it before. The legendary Hope Diamond was unveiled in a new temporary setting that commemorates the 50th anniversary of the diamond's donation to the Smithsonian Institution. It's a beautiful piece of jewelry, and the result. And in keeping with the spirit of hope, Harry Winston announced the creation of the Harry Winston Hope Foundation. We are committing to give 5% of the entire sales of Harry Winston worldwide for education around the world. The Hope Diamond and its new look, Embracing Hope, will be on display for a year before returning to its original setting. The lure of the Hope Diamond is not simply its beauty. It's the extraordinary history that lies behind it. The secrets, the legends, the curse. Mystery of the Hope Diamond. Shine bright like a diamond. Shine bright like a diamond. Find light in the beautiful sea. I chose to be happy. You and I, you and I. We're like diamonds in the sky. You're a shooting star, I see. A vision of ecstasy. So, what is it? feel like to hold this diamond well much like holding a puppy i'm assuming except less wriggly according to ron edmonds of the associated press who was allowed to hold the diamond from smithsonian officials um he wrote that the first thought that he came into his mind was wow wow how profound it was cool to the touch wow you cradle the 45 0.5 0.5 carat stone about the size of a walnut and heavier than its translucence makes it appear. About Turn the size it, of a testicle. 
turning it from side to side as the light flashes from its facets, knowing it's the hardest natural material, yet fearful of dropping it. Do you think he cradled that forty-five like Billy D. Williams cradles a Colt forty-five? Yeah, I would imagine I would, the same yeah, way. Probably similarly. Mm-hmm. Now, the hardness of a diamond is obviously legendary, so including the Hope Diamond are considered to be the hardest uh, natural mineral on Earth. Mm-hmm. Um, but because the, of the diamond, the Hope Diamond's crystalline structure, there are weak planes in the bonds which permit jewelers to slice a diamond and in so doing cause it to sparkle by refracting light in mm-hmm. different ways. Interesting. Interesting. Science. Yeah, give you a little history lesson. Before we get into a little bit of pop culture. It's time for the pop culture minute with Josh. Sonic Boom. <laughs> that was a soundboard, I promise. Totally. Okay. I- I admit I don't have too much as far as pop culture here. Uh, April already mentioned one of them. I think this is probably the best representation of uh, the Hope Diamond, and that is, of course, in the movie Titanic. Titanic. Of course, in the movie. Great documentary. Uh, <laughs> the In the movie, the Hope Diamond, is the necklace itself is called the Heart of the Ocean. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's purchased by Cal Hockley, played by Billy Zane, for his uh, girlfriend, Kate Winslet, or Rose. Uh, Just a big, beautiful diamond that, uh, of course, at the end of the movie, she decides because of the greed uh, is the reason why the scavengers are even there uh, above the Titanic. They're trying to find this necklace. And the whole time, of course, she had it. So at the end of the movie, to... Uh, thwart off the greed of this she throws it back into the, into, or into the ocean so uh, I have uh, there's a band that is called Hope Diamond really hmm. what yep. kind of music is that uh, well they looked scary so I didn't really look into it uh, they had an album in 99 called Dark Augury and they were under the Sugar Rush label Sounds like, like 70s. I was going to say ACDC, yeah. but then it kind of has a almost Boston, like Boston-y. Yeah. <laughs> Back when you named your band after a city, Boston, Kansas, Chicago. Okay, so they're What's definitely up, not the goth metal I thought they were. <laughs> I, I kind of like it. They have and a song called we'll, we'll Play D&D. <laughs> you know what? I think I'm in love with them. Oh. Yeah, definitely ACDC-ish. At least the guitar player is there. Everybody else is there. Like, having trouble with your high school head. 20 sided die. It's not terrible. No. It's actually pretty good. I like it. Uh, there's been a couple documentaries. Of course, uh, A&E did the Ancient Mysteries, Curse of the Hope Diamond. And then there was a um, five piece DVD box set called Secrets of the Hope Diamond that was released. Um, oh, my. It was a DVD. Yeah. Remember those DVD? They had the right when DVDs came out, they had DVD games. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like Friends had a DVD trivia game. Oh, yeah. 
Actually, Erin still has her PlayStation 2 Friends trivia game. <laughs> of course. Yeah. It's going to be worth a lot of money one day. Could be. Uh, other I'm than- banking my retirement on it. You would hope so. You can like, make my baseball like, card collection. No, don't do that. <laughs> uh, other than that, it's and this is kind of reaching a little bit, but because we're talking about diamonds, I wanted to just mention uh, quite possibly one of my pa- favorite uh, songs of all time, and that's Pink Floyd's "Shine on You, Crazy Diamond." Oh, that's a that's good a stretch, one. but we'll we'll allow it. Yeah, Shine. of course, not about the uh, any kind of diamond whatsoever. It's actually a song about Sid Barrett. Yes, where yeah. the it's a story- beautiful song about a man that was their keyboard player initially. <laughs> he was their guitar player and singer. Yes, Sid Barrett was. The, I thought. Yeah, no, he Alice beat himself the- into insanity. Yep. No. Right. Yeah. No. I knew he went cr- that. That's dude. The basis for Dark Side of the Moon is they wrote that whole album about him. Yeah. Well. Yeah. We having a Pink Floyd fight. Yeah, we're gonna get. I have a Pink Floyd tattoo. Okay, I lose. Anyways. uh the, the cool thing about that song, Shine On You Crazy Diamond, is coincidentally the song being about Sid Barrett is in the midst of recording the song, Sid Barrett showed up to the recording studio. Nobody knew it was him because they hadn't seen him mm-hmm. in so long and he just uh, because of drug, drug usage and just kind of losing his marbles he just looked different and so after they were or in the midst of recording, they had taken a break or something and uh, they came into the the booth and they're like, oh, who's that guy? And he's like, <laughs> exactly like that. They unquote. They, they happen to have a uh, Swahili interpreter that deciphered that he was. He had asked, "All right, sounds good, guys. Uh, what do you want me to do?" Oh, <laughs> so. Yeah, if you've never heard the song, it is incredible. It's about, well, like most Pink Floyd's, like 26 minutes long yeah. between the two parts. Not ending this is this one on that song, because Lord knows bandwidth is expensive. Yeah, yeah, no shit. So, yeah, that's all I've got, dudes. like working out yeah it kind of has a vibe that's why i like the pop culture minute because it always makes me want to dance but when i want to get serious when i want to get focused that's when i get down on a verdict in one corner a blue glowy diamond shining bright in another color in another corner, four podcasters that you trust more than your life. Bad idea. We're going to weigh in. Oh, how many carrots? Is there? Oh, whoa. We're, that was soundboard. Okay. I, I, I'm throwing you files here. Yes. <laughs> um. Anyway, we're going to decide. Is this diamond cursed? No. Josh says no. I, I think that, like I said in the beginning, uh, of course, it's a 45 carat diamond. Who wouldn't want that because of all the wealth that you could gain from it? And so, yeah, all these people have tried stealing it over the years. And you know what? Bad things happen to people. It's just a fact of life. Sometimes you get mauled by dogs. Sometimes your butthole explodes and you... you, you know, I've heard. Yeah, it's... 
It's terrible. Bad things happen to bad people sometimes. And so, no, I don't think it's curse. I think it's the greed behind the object that is uh, just coincidentally linked to the fact that they died in a horrible way. Yeah, I don't think it's cursed. I think, um, yeah, like you said, bad things happen. And I think it's just kind of coincidental. Um, Because if that were true, wouldn't everyone that goes to the Smithsonian and like looks at it be cursed? I don't know. I'm not buying it. Yeah, I'm not buying it either. Larry's not a cursed guy. Not a curser. Mm. Wow, you're, you're a, cursor, I'm a cursor, but not a I'm not a cursy, cursy. Yeah, I, I'll go with that. I'm not into curses. Cool. I don't believe in it. Bullshit. I'll say this. This is probably the most well documented cursed object mm-hmm. um i know robert the doll is one of the other kind of cursed things that i've researched and seen into uh it was a doll that uh family had over a period of about a hundred years if you guys have heard the lore podcast or seen the lore show on amazon you should check it out it's the last episode of the first season totally anyway, sent you anyway um that object so cursed that the museum that he's at people ask forgiveness for actually taking pictures of the object. Now, I heard at the Smithsonian you can't hardly get to the front of the line to see the diamond because really? it's always packed. Wow. Where is um, the Smithsonian located? DC. Okay. Um, so that's interesting to me because people hold a lot of weight in curses. Mm-hmm. And for me, with Robert the doll... In, in, in comparison to this object, which is supposedly cursed, there's a lot of things that I feel like you can compare to, and I feel like I feel like yeah, I think it might be cursed. So I'm the yeah. And that's your verdict. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, pull the Thunderbird over. It's time to end this episode with a quizzical. Let's get quizzical, quizzical. I want to get quizzical. Let's get into quizzical. All righty, everybody. We're going to do a quiz on curses. (gasps) Okay. I like Fiddlesticks. This. You know how to play the game. Say your name to buzz in. Points will be handed out randomly by me. Question number one. Many believe the James Dean's car was cursed. What kind of car was it? Ryan. Ryan. A Mustang. That is incorrect. Josh. Josh. A Porsche. That is correct. James Dean was killed in his spider Porsche September 30th, 1955. Good job. According to the curse on Tutankhamun's tomb, how would death come? Josh. Josh. Swiftly? That is incorrect. That's from the movie The Mummy. (laughs) I know because I've seen that movie like a thousand times. Death comes on swift wings (laughs) for whosoever opens this chest. I mean, you're correct in April. What? On wings. Oh! 
Well, all right then. So one point goes to April. <laughs> but it's what? just on wings, just not swiftly. Yes. Question number three. <laughs> Which Broadway musical was thought to be cursed? Ryan. A- yes, Ryan. Phantom of the Opera. That is incorrect. April. April. Cats. That is correct. April two, Josh one. What? I just always thought cats was really creepy. I didn't I didn't know. I thought it was just a guess. Oh, I'm sorry, I got it wrong. <laughs> I'll take, I take that back. You gave that me incorrect. the point already. Oh, we're gonna cancel this out. No points are given. It's actually Spider Man. <gasps> Turn oh. off the dark. Yeah, I did hear that. Because it took nine years for the play to even make it on stage, and when it did, it sucked. So here's actually... So you get the edge. Question number three. For real. Which animal is said to be involved with the Chicago Cubs curse? Ryan. Ryan. A goat. That is correct. One to one to one. According to the rock curse, what age should musicians fear? Ryan. Got- Ryan. 27. <sighs> that is correct. Two to one to one. Woo. Question number five worth three points. Which American president escaped the curse of Tippy Canoe? A. Jimmy Carter. B. Bill Clinton. C. Ronald Reagan. Or D. Gerald Ford. Josh. Josh. I'm going to go Gerald Ford. You would be incorrect. Can you do those again? Jimmy Carter. Bill Clinton. Ronald Reagan. Or Gerald Ford. April. April. Carter. That is incorrect. One more time with the names. Jimmy Carter, <laughs> Bill Clinton, Ronald Reagan, or Gerald Ford? Will? Ronald Reagan. That is correct. Ryan wins. Oh, good job, Ryan. Thank you, mother. Just in case you wanted to know, the curse <laughs> is also called Tecumseh's Curse. Ooh. Tecumseh's? All right. Yeah, Tecumseh. Oh, hmm. they said Tecumseh's. Tecumseh six times. No, that was Bill Clinton's curse. That does sound like a curse. So no, it doesn't. When you're not coming, <laughs> Josh, when are you, what show are you on? Well, well he's not going because that hurts. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you, you're not coming because you're still stiff. And that, of course, is the Stiff Joystick Podcast where you can find myself and and Brian and sometimes these gentlemen huh? and sometimes April. There's always just different people kind of coming in and going. <clears throat> And that's the video game podcast on the Beer City Network. You can find that on Facebook, Twitter, and Podbean. I've been on my show. April? (sighs) Well, if you like listening to women talk about wine, you should come join us on Women With Wine. It is a podcast that I host with my friend Amy. Uh, We get together every week and split a bottle of wine and just kind of talk shit, um, cover topics that we think are interesting. Uh, It's a really good time. We are on Facebook and Twitter and Podbean. I've had almost an entire bottle of wine. That happens a lot. That happens <laughs> frequently. Great show. Larry? Well, we're in our off season right now, but you can catch up on the numerous episodes that we've had. We've, we've, we're about to start season four on Valentine's Day, and that would be the EFIS, a baseball history podcast, EFISpodcast.net. And of course, if you are into wrestling history... You can find myself and April and Larry over on the Potty Slam podcast. It's stories from the locker room and beyond of professional wrestling. And you can find that on... Thanks, Rick. You can find that on Facebook, Twitter, and Potomatic. 
Well, that is all so fine and dandy. But if you're going to follow all those shows, you're going to need to follow Beer City Media on Facebook and Twitter. That is where all these shows come out. These these creations that we make. Yeah. And uh, the the four of us are are a tight tightly knit group, and mm-hmm. we we uh, we work on all these shows pretty much together. And that's yeah. awesome. I'm I'm grateful if you guys are following us at Conspiracy T Show or send us a we've gotten a few but send us a story oh. if you'd like us to read it on air we'd love to do a listener episode especially when it comes to cryptids and ghost sightings uh, email us at conspiracytherapyshow at gmail dot com also please rate and review we had a couple of sourpuss reviews um, I'm sorry you don't like the sounds of sex but uh, our soundboard says fuck you mm-hmm. and that's what you're gonna hear and, and for the record. None of us are leaving ever. Never. It's the four of us forever and ever. We're a family. So yes. Fuck off. Thank yeah. you, April. Thank you. Thank you. I also want to take a quick minute and a uh, sh- uh, quick minute, quick second and shout out my, my friend, Angela, who's a listener. Hi, Hi Angela. Angela. Oh, look at us. Oh, Jinx, oh. you owe me a Coke. Ooh. She's new to this, but I just wanted to say hi. So what's up, girl? Okay. Here's a, so here's a beer for you. And- Oh, she does like beer. I know. Pour one out for my homies. Yep. Anyway, anybody have anything they want to add to this episode before we close this out for the week? Josh's biggest fear is me putting a finger in his butt. Wow. That fear has been realized. (laughs) That's pretty biographical right now. We'll see you next week on another episode (laughs) of Conspiracy Therapy Podcast. Have a great one. This has been a presentation of Beer City Media.